Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO, the show that brings you the wisest counsel from the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And, and have you ever wondered exactly what it is? You, you walk into a company and you feel it. There's an eagerness and a warmth through this office or shop. People want to be there. There's enthusiasm, a pride of place. You can almost taste it. Well, you are sensing the symptom of a company that's crafted its culture right. Corporate culture, you can feel it when it's good and you can smell it when it's not. And the other thing is that this culture is no accident, my friend. And today we have invited the great uh, from the Great Cultural Center of London, uh, Mr. Brett Putter, CEO of Culture Gene and author of Culture Dex Decoded, to act as our concierge for corporate cultures. And Brett is going to lay out the track for crafting cultures that attract top talent and set the soil for th- uh, thriving performance and just makes everyone at work have a lot more fun. So whether you are an owner of a large appliance retail outlet seeking to form a team from a mass of individual competitors like Debbie, or you're swiftly uh, uh, ex- exploring startup is, is utterly uh, forcing you to bring on new trained staff coming on every day like Joe, pull up your chair a little closer and join us at this Feast of Wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your adventures flourish. Brett, I'm so glad that you could join us today and enlighten us uh, with your insights from across the pond. Bart, um, great to be here. It's uh, the afternoon here and um, I didn't have terribly much on, uh, so looking forward to, to spending some time with you. All righty, this this will be great. Well, to kick it right off, Brett, you're, you're saying that it's not enough anymore to attract top talent by having a prestige company with fat cat salaries. A, a company must really offer stated values and a unique, attractive culture. So let's define, within the realm of business, what do you mean by company values and what is culture? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I'll start with culture first. So Culture is mm-hmm. essentially the the way we work around here. It's 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 the, uh-huh. the the processes and systems and habits that the company learns over time, and culture mm-hmm. can change over time. Values, uh-huh. on the other hand, are the are the DNA of the business. So the values uh-huh. um, come from the founder or the CEO, and they are passed along the hiring process as you hire more people into your business your culture is then extended by those people and your values are then passed to those people over time so values are what's important to us and they are a little bit more consistent and and, and set in stone than the culture is Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you pointed out that that we can that that we can spring the culture really from the values, and that they are uh, that they are yours. Well, I, I guess I'm really what I'm trying to say is that uh, every business will indeed develop its own culture, even if it's by default. But uh, here is Brett Putter saying, "Well, you've got to raise your vision, Mr. CEO or Ms. Entrepreneur. The choice of the firm's culture is 
fairly much yours to command. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. The the culture is the one sustainable competitive advantage that the CEO or founder has complete control over. If you think about all the other competitive huh. advantages, your your competition right. can can actually impact you in some way versus your your culture is, in, is is for the most part internal and you can control it. You can manage it, you can nurture it, and you can develop it. And a good a good company culture is going to make you more immune to such infection, correct? Absolutely. The um the the, the stronger the company culture, the more immune you are to um the the um the impact of the market or the impact of competition. Um great really great strong company cultures are adaptable by by the nature of, of the way they work. So um, sure. When issues do crop up, um, as, as, as you know, when issues crop up, um, you know, adaptable cultures do that. They adapt and deal with them. Can you give me an example of that? Someone who's really got their culture right and who's uh, who's uh, made that adaptable shift. So, if you look at um, Satya Nadella of Microsoft, um, he took uh-huh. over from Barma, uh, and the culture was a mess. Um, it was very much um, looking, looking, looking after yourself, uh, making sure you're not yeah. in the bottom ten or twenty percent, um, managing up, lots of politics, and such has done an incredible uh. job of turning that culture around. I, I, I'm sure you've noticed, Bart. I mean, the, the business has added. Oh, yeah. uh, when I last looked at it, they've added 250 billion in value over the last three years uh-huh. since Satya has taken over. And that's really him tweaking the culture and getting the culture right. Uh, one, give, it, give us one way he did that, one, one thing that you've witnessed and, and commented on. Yeah, so he, he allowed the, um, what were originally the, the, the untouchables, the desktop um, uh-huh. product and the mobile product, he allowed them to right. to set their own targets, and he didn't he didn't ah. he didn't um, get in the way of them setting their own targets. But he but he suspected that they wouldn't hit their targets, and um, oh. so he allowed those, <laughs> he allowed those senior executives to go out and say, "We're going to do you know many many billions of dollars. We're going to keep growing at whatever rate." And you could see that 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 wasn't going to happen. But he didn't interfere. He right. didn't he, you know he he wanted he was creating a culture of 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 trust of communication of um, sharing of and so he allowed them to share and they actually those businesses have for the most part realized now that they're not never going to be the stars that they were and they've kind of taken a back seat to working on the cloud with Azure AI and and, and where Satya wanted to take the business forward so he's cleverly allowed the the, the leaders of those divisions um, to realize you know, to, to put themselves on pedestal and to fall off that pedestal. Oh, I think it, it's early in the show, but I think we have here uh, a quill pen moment, and by that I mean that Brett has just spoken a timeless truth of business, that if you build trust and you allow your people to take aim and go for their goals, it's amazing how they'll surprise you. And I, I think that's – I'm really glad you brought that one up, Brett. Thank you. Uh, Absolutely. If uh, – when the uh, – it, it, what, 
we're saying all the way through here is that whatever the the leader's choice, the, the leader's the leader has a choice. That's fine. But at the same time, cultures grow organically They're from the team. I mean, the CEO has sort of the privilege to stand up as the exemplar. But the, it's the team in the end that makes the culture. Uh, give, a, give me an example of how the interplay should work. Yeah, this really depends on the size of the business. If, um, if it's ah. a large organization, then the, the CEO can guide and can can um, uh, nurture the the the, com- the company culture but at the end of the day it is the people in the teams who who will who will react to that who will who will either you know toe the party line or not in the smaller high growth mm-hmm. companies the, the the CEO and founders are very very instrumental in driving the culture um, so they, you know, uh, yeah, they, the, the team are watching. The team are watching the CEO and watching the founders to see how they behave, because they take their cues from from those leaders. I see. Okay, that's so. Yeah, the, it, and what you say makes perfect sense. And that uh, obviously, uh, smaller team, uh, the more directly uh, and thus the more visible is the CEO. If you have just Absolutely. joined us, you are listening to. The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams bumptuously through the mightily misunderstood miasma of cyberspace, where you may listen and download this and all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. We are on radio shows and a whole host of Internet streams, but to get all the shows and read about our guests, visit theartoftheceo.com. Now, Brett, uh, you, you're joining us from London, which, according to the British, uh, abounds with culture versus the, we, the colonies, who have never had any whatsoever. And uh, you're coming in. Uh, you came in to the the, the cultural uh, milieu uh, as as a high level uh, or a high tech tech recruiter. Really, you you got top talent and. Um, I'm just curious, what turned this recruiter onto the importance of the methods of uh, building the corporate culture? Yeah, so this is actually, it happened to me about four years ago. I was running an executive search firm based here in London, and um, I uh, was lucky enough to work with three companies doing uh, senior level searches for them where the CEOs had invested a significant amount of time defining their culture, understanding their values. And that, that was rare for me um, because in most cases I hadn't experienced this, where they told me these are the values, this is what's important to us, this is, these are the expectations of what we want from the candidate, not just their, their functional capabilities, but their values fit. And this, this got me thinking because the searches ran smoother and the results that we achieved were better. So what we, mm-hmm. what we realized, what I realized was that um, the companies that had a clearly defined set of values were able to then right. uh, guide me to search for a values fit combined with a functional skills. Oh, okay. So if I am, I am uh, a young uh, very capable, very sought-after individual. I come to you, and I say, and and as they are now, they're saying, "Look, I want a company that has this. I'm I'm not just begging uh, f- to 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 get a job here. I am sharing my expertise, and I want a company that has this. And this is what you're you're this is what you're doing. 
uh, with with these people. I mean, and and I think that's that's great. So it really made it 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 gives you a better leverage to to get the top talent in the right place. Correct? That's absolutely correct. It, it completely changes the game. Um, interestingly, you're, you're spot on in, in terms of the the state of the market at the moment. You know, the the, the good people in in the tech world. Um, they actually have the power now. They can choose. They can choose where they work. They can choose who they work for. So they're actually asking questions way beyond salary and 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 all of that sort of thing. They're they're asking, you know, how do you guys work? What's important to you? What are your values? Because they want to know that their values match. Well, I think this is good, but I I got to tell you, I, I'm a little leery about this. In in your marvelous book, really, it's it's fun and and well and uh, enjoyably written. The uh the the book Culture Decks Decoded: Transform Your Culture into a Visible, Conscious, and Tangible Asset. Uh, get a copy. But you you stress the firm's culture deck, and, and by that I mean that that stack of presentation slides or the inch thick volume uh, in which uh, the good company marketers explain just how they adore their employees. I, I got to tell you, Brett, I'm I'm not too too shabby at wordsmith, and and I can ooze out a culture deck that's going to send all your recruits panting to my door. Uh, so my question is, why is the culture deck any more valuable than the old company handbook? I mean, isn't it just another pitch? It sort of is a pitch, a pitch, but it's actually meant for, there are two audiences for a culture deck because a culture deck is um, often shared, um, you know, publicly. And the two right. audiences are your, are your internal team and the external people who could join your team. And if you say these are our values and you don't live by those values, your internal team will not be happy. And the potential candidates who eventually join you are joining you based on that, what you say in that culture deck. If you don't live up to that culture deck, they will leave. There's, you know, they, they, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, they have the power now. You know, Google, Facebook, right. Microsoft, all of these companies are dying to attract the best people. And so if you can't oh, yeah, yeah. them because you're not you're not living up to your, your 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 part of the bargain from a values and culture perspective, they will leave. Mm-hmm. So what you're really saying is that the CEO better walk uh, walk the talk, and it's not an, uh, that the the culture deck. You're demanding honesty of the culture deck, but you're asking them to write that out and say it and declare it, right? That's exactly right. Because if you if if you don't have a culture deck, but your competitors do, then they're going to look ah. at you know, a, a, an external employee is going to go. Okay, well I get this company and they sound about right, but I don't really know what this company is doing. Who you know? What do they stand for? Who are they? Um, and so you've got less buy-in. The other side of the coin, which is equally as valuable, is if a candidate is not suitable for your culture. And they read right. the culture and they go, oh, I don't like that. They're going to self-select out of the process. So they're literally going to go, right, okay, I'm right. not going to waste their time or mine. And so you're going to save time and money. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I I think it's great. But how uh, – so I see this. I, I want to declare uh, my values. I want to establish these grounding values. Uh, how do I take the first step in defining our company's values? I, I mean – do do I just sort of guess at the values I think our customers want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, the 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 values 
aimed at your customer are more brand values, and that's more of a marketing, right. external marketing uh, approach. But the core values, okay. the internal values, ideally um, need to be defined by the founding team and involving uh, a number of people from the organization. So if you're a large corporate, you need to include people from different divisions. Um, if you're a small company of 20 people, you should include everybody. Because if you don't, it's going to be your values, not our values. Ah, very good point. Yes, I, I think it's very good for me as the CEO to sit here and say, I truly believe in, uh, in, in making a small uh, environmental footprint and with a product that is of this quality and so forth and so on, and I can uh, ramble on to my principal content, but it's I need the other people. Well, now, Brett, you um, just before we were about to, to break for a moment here, but could you tell us uh, two things? Number one, how can we get a copy of Culture Decks Decoded? And also, if I'm smart enough to realize that I really need an effective culture, and I, I need a little more help in getting it. How can I get a hold of you and Culture Gene? Yes, sure. So Culture Dex Decoded is available on Amazon. Um, you can just search mm -hmm. in Amazon. You can also uh, find a link to it on my website, which is how you can reach me, and that's www.culturegene.com. .com, not .ai? It's, it's actually both, but most, people, most, most uh, oh. people prefer the .com. The .com will link to the .ai. Okay. I just want to make sure of that. Thank you very much. I'm <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and while, my friend, your executive brain and your very human heart are scheming workplace improvements from uh, Brett's wise counsel here, I, I believe it's time for us to truly take a, a brief sorbet and allow me to proffer you a few utensils for today's feast. The first, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you stop, take pause before that meeting, and ask yourself, what am I trying to achieve and glean from this chat? Or will you continue to wing your encounters off the cuff and hope that accomplishment of your goals will sort of magically appear? <laughs> the choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense your yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter uh, and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book this time, and so I am thumbing through with great alacrity here. And here we are, number 28. <laughs> this fits. In the interest of team unity, our CEO has mandated thrice weekly after-hours team-building exercises. It seems to be working. Now we all loathe him together. <laughs> what about it, Brad? Is there, is there such a thing as too much team-building? Uh, I, I think there might be. I think there could be. Um, but uh, I, have, I haven't actually experienced it myself, so I'm fortunate in that sense. Ah, ah that's, that's good, yes. <laughs> I, think, I think reality always beats artificiality. Actually, what I've always felt as, as an afterthought is that people, what really joins people together is mutually contributing to a worthwhile venture. And if you're product is admirable and compensations uh, and values high, 
everyone's going to enjoy pulling on that rope. Uh, and if it's not, what are you in business for anyway? Yeah. Well, if you smirked a bit over that quip, you may thank our quip sponsor, the Food Institute, uh, your truly unbeatable resource for news data and trends on really everything from uh, this edible and potable from farm to fork. It's exhaustive. Uh, Brian Todd does a great job, and it's an absolutely must-join organization for in the in the uh, food industry. So visit foodinstitute.com, F-O-O-D-I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E.com. And as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you uh, the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the individual who said... Agriculture is a business that's been up to its bib overalls in politics since the first Thanksgiving dinner kickback to the Indians for subsidizing Pilgrim maize production with fish head fertilizer grants. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Uh, those words were spoken by none other than the lampooning uh, political satirist, Mr. P.J. O'Rourke, quite a man. Congratulations to all you winners. Stick with us because blurting your way is coming another enriching quotation later in the show. And... If you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind and soul-stirring gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before we return to Brett Putter's practical strategy for transforming your culture into an asset, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, home of, among many other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, which offers you concise counsel from business masters. And this very day, Prometheus invites you to look at a book that's helped a great many women soar in their careers. The title is Behind Every Successful Woman Is herself. It's a gem of a guide, really, embracing the thoughts of many leading business women uh, from all over the globe. And it, it provides techniques and disciplines and all those important attitudes for the ladies who want their career and their ventures to sort of soar meteorically. It makes an ideal gift for anyone this Christmas and the young lady coming into the business community uh, or the other one who the uh, veteran would like to get ahead, you may pick up your copy at bartsbooks.com um, bookstore and as well as any of the Quips books that you'd like. And just as a little Yuletide gift to you, we are offering not just that we're all the books of Bart's books at uh, immensely slashed prices both on Amazon and bartsbooks.com. And as someone once said of one of our books, uh, it was a, a great. The great review is it's a shame they no longer ban books in Boston. So I pass that on to you. And now, uh, all seriousness aside, uh, with utensils in hand, let's get back to the business of the most important people, the folks you work with, and learn how their culture can be created and benefit to benefit everyone. Uh, Brett, I'd like to think that. Uh, producing uh, culture decks that does sort of set is a way of declaring in your own mind just like writing anything is declaring in your own mind what what you and your firm believes it seems to work for netflix could you could you give us sort of the the, the story about netflix and how that their whole culture deck idea seemed to take off yeah um so in in 2009 reed hastings the the ceo had had enough of, of taking on new employees 
four or five or ten at a time and going through this 100-page right. deck. Um, so what he decided uh-huh. to do was to, to, to put it online and you know, allow people to read it before they, they came in because sometimes, you know, having read go through it didn't, didn't, it didn't click in terms of the actual, the, what the company was saying to, about, about the culture. And this is a really impressive document. You know, it's 125 pages. Um, the original version is online still to this day. And you can, you can literally get an understanding of exactly how the business works. They talk about being a pro sports team. They're not a family. They're not a business. They work as a pro sports team. And like any pro sports uh-huh. team, you have to be excellent. Um, they pay top dollar. Uh, and they will cut you if you're not excellent. They're very, very honest about how they work um, and very, right. very direct about, about their communication. One of the interesting slides on the deck actually talks about if you um, – uh, the company w- recommends that you go and interview at the competition oh. because they want you to know oh. what your market value is. And if your oh. market value is high, yeah, exactly. And if your market value is higher than Netflix paying, Netflix will cover that. They, they're not, they, they don't want money to get in the way of you operating at Optima. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a wonderful way to unite both the and unleash the value of the person. If you can convince, as a, as the comp, if you can as a company convince your people that you are there not just to fill the company coffers, but you are there to uh, un- boost and cr- and help create the absolute best performance. What a difference that would make! I I want to work for that company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, now speaking of of bringing on new people, as it ha- uh, as it has uh, as we've been. The, the millennials are are a group. First of all, they're not a group that are, have any coherence whatsoever. And shame on you if you think they're all. Everyone from eighteen to thirty-five is the same. But uh, in general, millennials are revealing sort of a secret to the rest of the uh, older business community. They're realizing that they're going to face a work lifespan of of many of many seventy-five years, and. They don't want to hold a lifelong career. They're they're sort of seeking the job which suits them now until they're ready to move on. So how does this fit in? How does is this this new talent fit in with the CEO who wants to attract top talent, but also he wants to form a high loyalty culture? Yeah, this is a challenging one because loyalty is not something that um, is uh, highly regarded with with a lot of the a lot of the uh, millennials out there mainly because their loyalty is is frankly to themselves they're they they the way i look at it is they're actually self actualizing in real time so they're they're learning mm. about themselves and what they're good at in real time and they realize okay if i've tr- i've tried that for 12 months or 18 months um you know i'm going to try something else now right and i actually uh-huh, i advise uh-huh. my client my clients to to think about recruiting the younger millennials in a way that, that fits with them. So give them a 12-month or an 18-month project. Don't expect them to be oh, with your company exactly. for four years. And if they work oh, oh. your company for four years, then it's a bonus. Right. I see. Well, that, that, that's a very good idea, very clever. Um, 
you also uh, we're running. There's so many more things I want to ask you, but there is one thing that I that you touched on briefly, and I, I want to bring it back up, and and that is that uh, you've got you say the culture will change, and you're saying so. You're telling CEOs not to hire for a culture fit, but hire for a value fit. Why is that? What, what do you mean by that? So, um, if you so if we go back to actually back to your first question, um, the if the culture is the way we work around here, the way we work right. around here when you are five people is going to be different mm-hmm. when you are fifty, different when you are one hundred and fifty. So if you if right, you're hiring right, right. for culture, if you're hiring for culture fit, you're actually hiring for a moment in time, and that moment's going to mm-hmm. change. If you hire for values, those values are going to be consistent for longer. So you've got a chance of the people you recruit being able to stay with the company for longer because they, it's, they're not hired for that moment in time. They're hired for the ongoing values and how the company's values are important. So that's the fundamental difference there. Hiring for culture could end up you hire, you hire people who are not suitable for the growth of the company overall. Mm-hmm. That actually, that's that makes a great deal of sense. I, I see it, and it's it's very good. Uh, and speaking of not standing still for a moment, uh, you yourself are uh, on the move and changing uh, your own personal culture. You've, you're coming out with uh, another book. I understand that you are, are hard laboring on it at, at this dramatic uh, juncture. Yes, I am. It's um, it's called the Culture Gene. Uh, Leadership and Culture Development Lessons from High-Growth Companies. And it's, I've interviewed over 40 CEOs of high-growth companies, and I'm, I'm actually just transmitting uh-huh. the lessons I've learned from them in a similar structure to the way I've done with uh, Culture Dex Decoded. Okay. Well, I, I hope we can seduce you back uh back on when uh, as you're bringing that in and you can share some stories with us nothing so works as parables to make us uh, understand what we really really need to know and gain value from so I thank you very to. much for coming on and uh, I hope uh, that we look forward to your new book and I hope that we'll be able to bring you back on again Bart my pleasure thanks so much I've really enjoyed speaking with you uh, it's, it's been fun So as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's quotation. Who was it who said, uh, if you are successful, you will win false friends and true enemies. Go ahead and succeed anyway. Well, as a hint, this modern-day revolutionary educator authored the poem, Paradoxical Commandments, which are hung on Mother Teresa's wall, by the way. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble it down and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com to win a a career-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And be sure to tune in next week to The Art of the CEO as we bring on Santa's CEE, that's the Chief Executive Elf, Miss Jeannie Murphy, who's going to give you the inside scoop on how Santa Inc.'s workshop up at the North Pole keeps top performance and morale, and we're going to learn who's going to pull the sleigh this year, who's naughty, and many other secrets will be revealed that you can take heart and profit from. And as a parting shot, 
in the words of my wife's husband, Isn't it funny how money keeps ending up in the hands of the most energetic people? But then again, so does almost everything else that's important. (laughs) And to you, gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as I've enjoyed, uh, along with Brett, bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this in all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, It has been a privilege, and I thank you.